Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson, and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we are continuing our reading of Chapter 1, the Introduction to Miracles with uh, Section 1, Principles of Miracles, and we'll be reading Miracle Principles 36 through 40. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson 5. I am never upset for the reason I think. Take a moment here and in silence for remembrance of the people who aren't here. As I need to remind myself that the, their presence was never really a cause for absence. So. Why should there absence on this call? Complete that. Now I will review the uh, <clears throat> the reading list I have. I have with us in reading, and I may have gotten this all wrong. With us in reading, I have Karen, Ida, Diana, and. With us in listening, I have uh, Donna and Lana. Any corrections there? Other people who joined want to say, say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, Charles is here, but I'll just be listening right now. Good morning, Charles. All right. Well, 
Okay. Well, in lieu of opening, and we have a nice short reading, I think I'll just begin the reading then with uh, first paragraph of Miracle Principle 36. Christ-controlled miracles are part of the atonement, but Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal salvation. The impersonal nature of miracles is an essential ingredient because this enables me to control their distribution. Christ's guidance leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. This is why it involves personal choice. A guide does not control, but he does direct, leaving the following up to you. Quote, lead us not into temptation means, quote, guide us out of our own errors. Quote, take up thy cross and follow me means, quote, recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guide. So, Karen, read fifty fifty one. Paragraph 50, Miracle Principle 36. Christ-controlled miracle. I'm sorry. Yeah. Would you read 50 through 52? Just read down through that. Sure. Miracle Principle 36. Christ-controlled miracles are part of the atonement. But Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal salvation. The impersonal nature of miracles is an essential ingredient because this enables me to control their distribution. Christ's guidance leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. This is why it involves personal choice. A guide does not control, but he does direct leaving the following up to you. Quote, lead us not into into temptation means, quote, guide us out of our own errors. Quote, take up thy cross and follow me means, quote, recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance. 51. Remember that error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is really vulnerable. You are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit. But the right choice is inevitable if you remember this. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in the state of grace forever. Thank you, Karen. And Ida, 
and you read mm-hmm. 51 through 53. Okay. Remember that error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is really vulnerable. <clears throat> you are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit, but the right choice is inevitable if you remember this. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. 53. Oh, okay. Atonement undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots the real source of fear. Whenever God's reassurances are experienced as threat, it is always because you are defending misplaced and misdirected loyalty. That is what projection always involves. Error is lack of love. When man projects this onto others, he does imprison them, but only to the extent that he reinforces errors they have already made. This makes them vulnerable to the distortions of others since their own perception of themselves is distorted. <clears throat> the miracle worker can only bless, and this undoes their distortions and frees them from prison. Uh, thank you, Ida. And... Diana, would you read uh, 52 through 54? Okay. 52. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. Atonement undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots the real source of fear. Whenever God's reassurances are experienced as threat, it is always because you are defending misplaced and misdirected loyalty. That is what projection always involves. Error is lack of love. When a man projects this onto others, he does imprison them but only to the extent that he reinforces errors they have already made. This makes them vulnerable to the distortions of others since their own perceptions of themselves is distorted. The miracle worker can only bless, and this undoes their distortion and frees them from prison. 54. Um, uh, miracle Principle 37, paragraph 54. Miracles are examples of right thinking. Reality contract at all levels becomes strong and accurate, thus permitting correcting um, delineation of intra and interpersonal boundaries. As a result, the door's perceptions are aligned with the truth as God created it. Thank you. 
Thank you, Diana. Mm-hmm. And is there a new reader for 54 and 55, principles 37 and 38? Charles here, if you like. Okay, Charles. All right. Miracles are examples of right thinking. Reality, co- reality contact at all levels. Reality contact at all levels becomes strong and accurate, thus permitting correct delineation of intra and interpersonal boundaries. As a result, the doer's perceptions are aligned with truth as God created it. A miracle is a correction factor introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, shaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places man under the atonement principle, where his perception is healed. Until this has occurred, revelation of the divine order is impossible. Thank you, Charles. <clears throat> and is there another new reader for uh, principles 38 and 39? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. A miracle is a correction factor introduced into false thinking by me. A miracle is a correction factor introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, shaking up erroneous perception and recognizing it properly. This places man under the atonement principle where his perception is healed. Until this has occurred, revelation of the divine order is impossible. 39. The spiritual eye is the mechanism of miracles because what it perceives is true. It perceives both the creations of God and the creations of man. Among the creations of man, it can also separate the true from the false by its ability to perceive totally rather than selectively. It thus becomes the proper instrument for reality testing, which always involves the necessary distinction between the false and the true. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 39 and starting principle 40? Um, okay. I think someone tried and then they dropped off. All right. Um, uh, so is there an, another new reader for... No, 
uh, principle 39 and starting principle 40. I can do that, LeMoyne. Thank you. Okay. 39. The spiritual eye is the mechanism of miracles because what it perceives is true. It perceives both the creation of God and the creations of man. Among the creations of man, it, with the capital I, can also separate the true from the false by its, with the capital I, ability to perceive totally rather than selectively. It thus becomes the proper instrument for reality testing, which always involves the necessary distinction between the true and the false. Do I do 57? Oops, yes. Okay, 57. The miracle dissolves error. Because the spiritual eye identifies error as false or unreal. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness automatically disappears. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there uh, another new reader for uh, 57 and 58? Reading American Principle 40. Okay, uh, back to you, Karen. Paragraph 57, Miracle Principle 40. The miracle dissolves error because the spiritual eye identifies error as false or unreal. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness automatically disappears. 58. Darkness is a lack of light, as sin is a lack of love. It has no unique properties of its own. It is an example of the quote, unquote, scarcity fallacy from which only error can proceed. Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything have no need for driven behavior of any kind. And Ida, would you conclude with paragraph 58? Okay, just a second. Darkness is lack of light, as sin is lack of love. It has no unique properties of its own. It is an example of the, quote, scarcity policy, from which only error can proceed. 
Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything have no need for driven behavior of any kind. Thanks. Thank you, Ida. And uh, <clears throat> it's not not to dismiss the rest of the reading, but I think the summary, the proper short summary of this section is paragraph 52, uh, which as truth could be simply be considered to be a source of light, light itself. It is, it is a call to a lightness of being. <laughs> so paragraph 52, the soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots the real source of fear which is the state of grace um, <clears throat> anyway I'm complete with that and we have some time before the top of the hour so Lord's open Good morning, guys. It's Jude. I have uh, just got to say, in fifty-one, is uh, that that is one of the most beautiful parts of the text to me. That this is um, the foundation of the truth that I began to practice in in reading and studying and. Um, practicing and trying to learn this course, that I am a soul, that I was created perfect in the likeness and quality of God, and um, that I am, I am in a state of grace forever. That's the, 
the part that can never be changed, that changelessness, the unshakable, unshakable foundation where my peace was given to me in my creation. And I think I hold this more dear than anything else, that um, the soul of which we all are a part of, the one united soul in a state of grace forever. And our reality is only our His soul with the capital S. That that is what our reality is in its totality. And um, that each and every one of us, every man, woman, and child on earth is in a state of grace forever. It's just a simple way for me not to question what is the reality of God and and hold fast in my faith to it. And, you know, it's it's humbling, and at the same time, there's a grand sense of magnitude in that, that we share the one mind, the one heart, and one soul, one and the same, that's... um, it's just such a huge, huge idea, and it's so beautiful to me that we share every loving thought, every loving, joyful, peaceful, sharing, caring thought that anyone's ever had as a treasure house that is ours in our unity and our grace. Enough out of me. I'm so glad you're all here. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thanks, Judy. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, I just want to uh, kind of piggyback on what Judy just said. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. Um, that's the truth, and error cannot threaten that truth. This morning I was revealing again in Chapter 31, um, Choose Again. And in the section Choose Again, it just just said the same thing. Whenever I feel weak, whenever I'm self-identified as weakness, and then it went through a list of all the other possibilities, negative possibilities, um, I have to choose again to self-identify with the Christ within me, the state of grace that I, that my soul is in forever. I have to go back to that um, correction. That, that is the correction the Course is teaching, and this is the training of the mind that we're, that we're being taught. Um, whenever we misidentify ourselves with our ego, our bodies, our emotions, you know, the body-mind complex, the problems in the world, all of the world, all of the forms, as Reverend Pam said this morning, um, all the forms are a, a replacement for our source. So we have to stop replacing our source. We have to go back to our source. Choose again, I am... You know, I am one with my creator. I am the one self united with my creator. I am the Christ. The Christ is 
my true self. My soul is in a state of grace forever. And only that is true. That's the miracle. That's the example of right thinking. That's the correction. That's what needs to be introduced into my false thinking. Um, And it will dissolve the error. That's all. I'm complete. Beautifully said. Thank you. Choose again. I love it. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Well, this is Charles here. Um, The one part in paragraph number 58 darkness is the lack of light as sin is the lack of love. And uh, it brought me back to a lesson that I um, still, as this day, still doing this lesson. But this darkness uh, was once said, darkness is the absence of light. We look into the sky and we see a dark sky. It's the absence of light. So darkness itself is just the absence of. A shadow is just the absence of light. Or as the book says here, a lack of light. And what I was taught in my lesson is that when I do not want cast a shadow on that which I do truly desire. So every time I try to get rid of something or I do not want something, I cast a shadow. And it more or less distracts me from truly asking for what I truly desire. Um, For... because I am very uncomfortable with where I'm at. And I feel if I get rid of my discomfort, then I'll know what I want. But the paradox is, I'm the one (laughs) creating the discomfort. (laughs) So, therefore, I need to ask, as they say, uh, uh, choose again. Or I have a choice made for me through the Holy Spirit. It's a continuing lesson for me. And, it's, and I really loved it because it really says darkness is the lack of light and sin is the lack of love. It really um, points to a correction within me that really stands out. And even today, it is very prominent in my life. Um, for me to do the work on myself and to realize that uh, my investments in my uh, things that irritate me are just because I give them a reality that they don't have. And uh, it hinders me from asking 
what I truly desire until I realize that there's nothing I can do to change the belief that I have, but I need help in changing that. And this is where miracles come in. And miracles are signed through Jesus and through our brothers and sisters. As we acknowledge, when I acknowledge what I acknowledge, please help me not to teach here. When I acknowledge the Christ within my brother and sister, and I bless them, then I'm truly asking for what I desire. And therefore, I shine the light and the darkness is no longer to be seen anymore. Because when you turn the light on, where did the darkness go? It's just the absence of light. Remember my daughter said to me once, when you go to the room, you don't open the window and try to push the darkness outside. No, you just turn the light switch on. Because darkness is just the absence of light. So it's a really beautiful miracle. And simplicity of it, so beautiful. The simplicity of it. My belief in my irritation and the cause for my irritation holds me back from... um, truly desiring uh, my brother and the love of the Father through my brother. Because I feel I need to get rid of this first before I can love anyone. And it really separates me and isolates me. So I thank you for the the time you're listening to me. And I'm, I'm I truly bring this back to myself because that's my only life I can live by is how I live my life. So with that, I give thanks and thank you for your, for you listening. Amen. Thank you, Charles. And that was, uh, hi, um, I I really like 54, but I realize we're coming up on the lesson, Lemoyne. So, but it speaks of boundaries, and I, people always talk about boundaries. So, maybe we could bring that into the dialogue about how reality is in contact at all levels, be it physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, and. Um, That pure or proper perception is important to understanding the delineation of my boundary um, with Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God, and my interpersonal relationships, and how I, how and where I stand as a miracle worker, in, in helping, <coughs> excuse me, others to heal. I think I'd love to hear people's shares on that. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, this sounds excellent. Judy, that does sound excellent. And uh, again, I'll say thank Man. you, Charles. This your your share is the great shows how the even even here at the beginning of the course the lesson I act in just a, a beautiful deep way. So. Um, you know, there's no no real pressure uh, being applied here. I just uh, wonder if there's anyone who would volunteer to lead us in the remembrance five. I would be willing to. For the reason I think. Is that you, Mindy? Yeah. It is, yeah. Okay. And if you... Is, touch in with it, could you conclude with the summary from Lesson 51? Conclude with the summary of Lesson 51? Um, I should probably let somebody else do that because I'm using my phone and that would be hard okay. for me to find. Would Karen right. like to conclude with the summary of 51? Oh, you're talking about, Sarah, you're talking about the paragraph 51 that we just read. Yes, I can do that. No. No, I, no. I, I was talking it. about the summary of Lesson 5 in Lesson oh. 51. And uh, gotcha. if you want to lead through the lesson, um, I, I can, we can get the summary put intact on or maybe after, after the lesson itself. Okay. Where sure. is Summary 51 in the book? What page would that be on? Um, page 70. Page 70, 70? Yes. In the Maybe Karen would like to do that when I'm done? I yes. heard her volunteers. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. And then I will call for that after we do the lesson to complete um, our review. So today, well, it might not be a review for other people. Today's lesson number five, I am never upset. For the reason I think. Oh boy. <laughs> um, today we are to look at things that are upsetting us and make a statement about it that declares the truth that we are never upset for the reason we think. And within this lesson, it says that as we review what we are upset about, we may find ourselves less willing to apply today's ideas to some perceived sources of upset than to others. If this occurs, think first of this. I cannot keep this form of upset and let the others go. For the purposes of these exercises, then, I will regard them all as the same. We are to search our minds for more, no more than a minute or so and try to identify a number of different forms of upset that are disturbing us. I'm actually just going to read from the, um, from the lesson itself. And there is someone who, who, if they haven't muted it, they would. I'd appreciate that. So search your mind for no more than a minute or so and try to identify a number of different forms of upset that are disturbing you. 
regardless of the relative importance you may give them. Apply the idea for today to each of them using the name of both the source of the upset as you perceive it and of the feeling as you experience it. Examples are, and let me just say what the statement is and I'll give you some examples. I am not upset at blank or not angry, whatever the upset is. I'm not angry at blank for the reason I think or I'm not afraid of blank for the reason I think. And here are some other examples. I am not worried about blank for the reason I think. I'm not depressed about blank. And of course, fill in whatever it is for the reason I think. Three or four times during the day are enough. I am never upset for the reason I think. This idea, like the preceding one, which is, these thoughts do not mean anything, can be used with any person, situation, or event you think is causing you pain. Apply it specifically to whatever you believe is the cause of your upset, using the description of the feeling in whatever form seems accurate to you. It may be fear, worry, depression, anxiety, anger, hatred, jealousy, or any number of forms, all of which will be perceived as different but this is not true. However, until you learn that form does not matter, each form becomes a proper subject for the exercise for the day. Applying the same idea to each of them separately is the first step in ultimately recognizing they are all the same. So in a moment, we will take a moment or two to allow anything that is causing us pain to come to our mind and apply the statement, I am not blank at blank for the reason I think. And I'll just give one more example. I am not uh, angry at my neighbor for the reason I think. So let's take a moment now. I'm never upset for the reason I think. And let's say that few statements to ourselves as they come up. I am not upset for the reason I think. There are no small upsets. They are all equally disturbing to my peace of mind. This is a statement to be made if we do make a difference between upsets. So there are no small upsets. They are all equally disturbing to my peace of mind. I am not upset for the reason I think. 
Karen, I will give it to you now to read the summary of chapter of Lesson 51. I am never upset for the reason I think. I am never upset for the reason I think because I am constantly trying to justify my thoughts. I am constantly trying to make them true. I make all things my quote-unquote enemies so that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted. I have not realized how much I have misused everything. I see by assigning this role to it. I have not realized how much I have misused everything I see by assigning this role to it. I have done this to defend a thought system which has hurt me and which I no longer want. I am willing to let this go. I am never upset for the reason I think. Lesson five, we are complete. Thank you both. Thank you. Yes, thank you both. Thanks, Mindy. You did a great job. You know, as I'm reading that, I was upset with myself for not being in as centered a place or relaxed a place as it was yesterday and, and thinking, oh, I'm behind schedule. And the deepest thought is that when I get upset about something, it's because I think there's something I need that I'm not getting. And it's always related to when I really look at the fear underneath it and what I feel I'm going to lose because of what someone is doing or what I'm doing, it's always a fear of survival. It, it always comes down to feeling around the body and I have to have this. And um, so that's what I'm noticing. That's really the root fear. And it's just uh, that basic fear of um, separation from... Um, from love and and feeling like somehow I have to get it as a separate body and so I'm upset because there's a lack in my life so you know really recognizing that I am truly not a body and that I am light and that my source is love and I'm connected to that and 
at any time, no matter what my circumstances are, I can choose to reunite with that and allow that process to begin. And then everything takes a proper perspective. When I really allow that love in that I am, everything takes such a, a much better perspective. And there's a lessening of the upset and it becomes less and less intense and I get more and more towards that spectrum that they talk about of, you know, getting to a place of um, upset, to a place of boredom, to a place of contentment, then to a place of peace and a place of joy. So it's really just recognizing that the fear is, once again, that I'm a body. And when I recognize I'm not and allow the Holy Spirit to shine that light, gradually I feel better. So thank you. That's my process this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Mandy. Hi, it's Karen. I have a thought. Um, I really appreciated Mindy's share. Thank you, Mindy. That was great because um, when I'm upset, usually there is a fear underneath. And there's also this desire for something to be different. I want something different. I don't like the way that um, my life is showing up in this moment and I want it some other way. Um, like other people to act a certain way or, you know, I feel impatient. Even the feeling of impatience is, uh, you know, an upset because I want it to be different. I want to get going or I want this or I want that. And it brought me back to this um, miracle principle that miracles dissolve error, principle number 40, um, the spiritual eye identifies error as false or unreal. Darkness is a lack of light, a sin is a lack of love. Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything have no need for driven behavior of any kind. So the point I'm trying to make is when I feel like something's wrong and I don't like it the way it is, it's me feeling like I have a need for some driven behavior to change what's, what is. But if I'm in truth, everything is perfect. Nothing needs to be changed. There's no need for driven behavior when, um, when I'm in peace. You know, so if I'm upset, I think it should be something, everything should be different than it is. I'm not in peace. I'm complete. Very clear. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you. This is Charles here, if I may add, uh, where it says in the review, it says, uh, the justification, my anger is justified, my attacks are warranted. Um, the word justify, you know, it's like justice or just if I, how just do I feel? 
in my feelings that I'm having. I notice my mind always looking um, for ways to support how I feel, um, being right in my feelings, um, making someone else wrong, or finding reasons to, to find someone who is insensitive in their sharing and upsetting my feelings. And you know, I like to say that uh, I I'm not at peace, and uh, yet I realize that uh, I have. Well, I'm going to sit with that for a while because I really need to uh, go inside with that. Thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you, Charles. I enjoyed that very much. It was very helpful. Thank you. I really think um, you guys are on a roll here for me. The um, Karen, what you mentioned about there. There are no small upsets, and um, that reminds me of, you know, the the line in the text where it says, says there's no difference between the slightest irritation and a murderous rage. And, you know, this this lesson brings this this um, justifying quote unquote my thoughts, and you know, it, the text speaks of judgment as a desire and a wish to control reality according to what I think it should be, what I need it to be, or what I want it to be. And, you know, there's a line where, um, you know, that, that is where the fear comes from, that we think we, that we actually can do that. <laughs> it's like, it always makes me laugh, you know, because it's like, whatever is happening is God's will. And, you know, my peace and my harmony and my accord in being with it, whatever it is showing up, whether it's my body aching all over and making me want to curse, or, um, you know, a happy and joyous day with friends on a beautiful beach, it doesn't matter. It's What matters is peace is an eternal, changeless state within me, and that judging anything outside of it is is the cause of the loss of that, because judgment always uh, evaluate according to the unstable scales of a personal desire for it to be one way or another, according to my likes or my dislikes. And so the, the, the rooting of this out, uh, rooting out of all judgment in my thinking is where I like to begin as a beginner with these new lessons again this year and today. So God bless us and help us all. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. That was great. great. That was wonderful. Thank you, Judy.
one one small but huge point um, that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted um, to realize because it gets to this in the later part of the text that God in his totality as one that if we're judging any part of it we're judging and attacking God so you know we've all been through the text so I thought I'd toss it in there thanks for letting me share thank you Miss Charles here again. This lesson's running real deep inside me right now. Pulling all sorts of things up inside. Hmm. Thank God for this lesson. Amen. And, uh, yeah, I want to thank you, Charles, for that... <laughs> I can only call it shining a light on on uh, the way it works, where we've been this focus on in a focus on uh, upset and what what we don't want um, in there is is a rejection of something, and it's not actually the form but putting it into whatever form it is um, whatever form that, and focusing the upset on that I had the whole thing where it the real action is me choosing the life of love and therefore 
putting what what I have, uh, you know, chosen to be upset about, and they chosen advisedly. I mean, that may have willfully forgotten <laughs> the underlying upset, <laughs> but the choice is mm-hmm. still there to uh, to focus. It's a it's it's a focus on darkness, but the darkness is the initial darkness. Actually, my own lack of faith and belief, fear, and lack of love, and wanting to get a certain thing to prove that. In, in generally, it's almost always in the world of form. Um, I know I've spent most of the last couple of years upset about the way words are used and things like changing definitions of words. And uh, it's... uh, You know, I think in many ways it's just showing... The, the quite often what I'm upset about and I see out in the world is just due to I could I could boil it down to a misplaced faith in form uh, things outside things outside of life really and even though they're they're bandied about in, in our lives um, they're not really part of life, and uh, but just symbols, and the focus on symbols over people is. Tech spent a lot of time about talking about idol, and that's what an idol is—an idea that I would hold more important than my, any of my any form of life, any life form, any living thing, any of my brothers or sisters. And uh, so, it's, I was reading the introduction this morning, and it talks about, um, or some of the early, but anyway, it talks about practicing with your eyes open, but this one, let's say, Charles, close my eyes, look within. What the? Where are these divisions that really upset and vision? Mm. Now it's not hard for me to find it. <laughs> Oh, and uh, yeah, thanks for your earlier share, and also <laughs> including your daughter's statement that you know, when you go in a room, you don't open the window and try and push the darkness out. <laughs> you bring the light. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you, dear one. Thank you, guys.
Um, this mm. is Ida. Um, Hi, Ida. Hi. Um, well, so with regard to this uh, lesson, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Um, so I was in the earlier call, lesson call, and um, I told um, the people on that call that I was really nauseous this morning and late, late night, this last night. And um, I feel better now. But um, I was trying to not totally apply that rule or that statement. I'm never upset for the reason I think to the nausea because I emphasize the fact that there had to be physical reasons like my diet that were at play. But since that time, I've kind of changed my mind somewhat and thought some more that there's probably a lot more <clears throat> mental and emotional reasons for that upset, physical upset, than I thought. And of course, when I was physically upset, I was, you could see it on my face, my brows were all knitted together, I was emotionally upset too and couldn't really uh, uh, <clears throat> separate the two in those moments. But, yeah, I think that uh, even the doctors and scientists have said for years, well, you know, stress and emotional stuff has been a reason for um, physical symptoms. And But I just wanted to say that um, yeah, I'm revising my, my opinion as I go along that probably will get to a place where uh, even at the back of the diet, well, why do I eat things that are not that healthy and not that good for me, you know? Well, I think it still goes back to mental and emotional reasons. So, still, I'm never upset for the reason I think with a physical thing, too. So thanks for hearing me, and uh, I'm complete. Thanks, Yaida. You're such a beautiful soul. Appreciate that. Thank you. You're very charming, too, Charles. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. Just the way you say the way you said you had the nauseous, and all of a sudden you don't have it now. Uh, something came along and changed your mind and the nausea went away. So it's it's really we don't we don't realize the change of state creates a change of state. Um, we tend to take True. everything physical. True, um, but 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 truthfully what changed my mind was I chew up. <laughs> That's when it See that that works. That works. Yeah. Okay. That works. <laughs> whatever I'm whatever very... it takes to change the state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could Thank have been you. an aspirin, it could have been a Tylenol. Whatever it takes to change the state. <laughs> it's all magic, but, but Jesus says magic is okay. As long as you you well, know it's a it, it's a it's a belief we share, yeah. It's a belief. It's a belief. 
I say belief is to the ego as knowing is to Christ. Uh, belief Christ, is to the ego as knowing, as knowing is, is to Christ. Is to Christ, yeah. Belief is not fact. Belief is only our viewpoint, our perception. Fact is only found in Christ, God's love. That's fact. And, and I so say, every time we think we're... Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, this is something I say. It's not completely related to it, but <clears throat> I say when people are upset about the state, the seeming state of the world today, uh, mm-hmm. and I've been one of them, those people many, many times, including recently, I say... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The power of love is greater than the love of power. So the implication is that's what time is for, and it will prevail. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, man. Wow. Beautifully said. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I love about the Course in Miracles. It becomes more of a mantra in the later lessons. Uh, it turns into the second half of the Course is more of a mantra than it is a correction. The first half is, deals with correction, and the second half of the workbook deals with mantras or, or ways of getting still and quiet. You know, well, this first part of the Course is really helping us delve into all the issues that I have within me. I have to speak according to myself here because I can only relate to what I I experience. And um, I've learned in the years that if I get too out of my own experience, then I become a philosopher and I no longer... Um, come from evidence-based, but I come from theory-based. So I like to remind myself that it, its experience base is more self-realized than it is uh, realized through other philosophies. Like, I love Ellen Watts, and I like all the other different philosophers around, but they only pointed me inside me. And that's where the work begins when I go inside myself. And I'm always grateful for them pointing towards me, as this course does. This course points within me. And that's where the work begins. Amen. Thank you, Charles. I would like to... um Ask Lemoyne if we could go back to 37 about, um, you know, I can't, I can't be a miracle worker until I, I have, you know, stabilized my, my thought, my thoughts in right thinking or thinking along the lines of God or Christ, Christ mindedness. And, um, this one, particular um, chapter, or paragraph rather, um, states that miracles are examples of right thinking. 
So love, expressing love, kindness, compassion. Um, And that should be natural. That should be the natural way that we go about our day. And if if we're not, then we're in wrong-minded thinking again, judgmental thinking, and we're disturbing ourselves. And no one else is doing that to us but ourselves. And, you know, I mean, this is fundamental ACIM 101. (laughs) Let's be get down to it here. For me, I have to keep it simple. um, That Christ Christ controls all miracles in their dispersion of the light. He knows where the light needs to shine and wake up people from being in their darkness, if you will, um, and leads to personal salvation, as it says in 36. Now, my asking Christ guidance leads to my personal experience of revelation, leads to my mm. revelation of, of readiness. I'm abiding in a certain state of consciousness that makes revelation, God's revelation to me, possible. And it, you know, it, it, and it speaks of achieving certain consistent states of mind in order for that even to be possible. Now, if I go around thinking I'm going to change the world and I'm going to be the one correcting people and doing, you know, my own correction, then I'm muddling up the show here. I need to know and understand that I bring my darkness to his light and then in sharing and sharing my awareness of the totality of or the one-mindedness that we all have one mind. There is no separate mind. There's only a false belief that there is a separate mind. That's the mistaken belief the Holy Spirit's enabling us to undo, that I have to understand that. I'm the only one in the universe that thinks I'm separate. All you guys are enlightened beings. It's the only way for me to I'm look sorry. at it. <laughs> I used to say the same thing. Everybody's waiting for me to wake up. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to wait for myself to wake up to this to this glorious and beautiful truth. You know, the world is not as I see it. The other people aren't as I see them. I am not as I see myself. If I get up in the in the in the morning and I look at my body and I say, "Here I am again," I need to be healed of the belief that I am this body, that I believe that I am this separate self. And it's you know we can talk all these, like you said, Charles, philosophical ideas, but it's really. Um, you know, about the perceiving, the unity of the one-mindedness, the Christ consciousness, and and this idea that we have one soul in a state of grace forever, um, and practicing that by giving up judgment. I love the way it says that in, in, the, in the review, you know, that I'm willing to acknowledge that nothing I think, not a single thing I think, not a single thing I see with the body's eyes 
is true the way I'm looking at it. I'm completely wrong-minded. Just had to a big um, W or an M on my forehead. I'm mistaken. <laughs> and then I can have some sense of humility about what I'm doing here today. <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, dear one. This is Donna. <clears throat> I've had Donna. a... Hello? Uh, I've had a an unusual morning or unusual time, which I, when that happens, I know it's the Holy Spirit. I woke up at 2.30 this morning, <clears throat> turned the TV on, which <clears throat> I don't always do right away, and they're having the, the funeral. The funeral's on for uh, that uh, Pope Benedict. So... <clears throat> I thought, okay. So I, um, was it two hours, about two hours, I I watched that and just let it be. And then I thought, oh, okay, you woke me up, so perhaps I should go to Mass this morning because I'm going to do something with the people, ladies at church tomorrow. And then, uh, so about by the time 7.30 came around, I was kind of tired, no one going to do it. And I sat down, wrote it off. And then I'm getting up and walking around, and I said, uh-oh, that's the Holy Spirit. So I went to, went to the Mass, and, and uh, when I got there, I realized, oh, there was a lot of things that I needed to clean up, so to speak. So the priest's father has died, and so I, I thought, oh, yeah, that happened. I should, you know, acknowledge that. And another lady who's in our group is leaving for Florida, and I thought, Oh, yes, he's leaving. So that's good. I'll get this send her off. And then um, the Mass included my favorite psalm, uh, the Joyful One, 100. And then for the Gospel, uh, uh, the, the, the priest reads, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and Jesus said to them, Follow me. <laughs> that was John one, chapter one, verses forty-three through fifty-one. There's longer, but I'm stopping there because follow me. That morning, I had just opened up a strange book I hadn't opened up for a very long time, and <clears throat> I find scribbled on a piece of paper I've written, "Follow me," and next to it, there's like about fifteen or twenty verses where Jesus says, follow me in scripture. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I get to the church in here, follow me. And then I've had trouble with my phone, so I couldn't, uh, I tried to call in on my other phone. And uh, (laughs) it tells me the number's not, I can't call the number. And I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with that Sims line? Then I realized I had to get this new phone. And if you don't pay, then they don't, you got it at AT&T, and if you don't pay when you're supposed to, then it doesn't let you use a phone, which is really sick, and I paid too much money for that phone. But, so I was very disturbed then. I was very close to being very angry, and I was going to get, get dressed, go up there, get my phone and complain, pay for that phone and complain about it. But I was hungry, so I shut down and ate. So I can listen, so I can listen, at least listen to the class. I can't call in because this. I can't uh, 
I can't hear up. Well, anyway, so then I, I see this breath of fresh air here. Paragraphs 49 through uh, 53. And at the bottom of uh, 50 is following. There's the word. By following my guidance. So I'm going to get my way here, and I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to read read this because it was this is like oh okay this is so this is so much light this is such a breath of fresh air. So paragraph forty nine miracle thirty five. Miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow that they will always be effective. I am the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately because I am the atonement. You have a role in the atonement which I will dictate to you. Ask me which miracles you should perform. This spares you exhaustion because you will act under direct communication. Miracle 36. God, Christ-controlled miracles are part of the atonement. But Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal salvation. The impersonal nature of miracles is an essential ingredient because this enables me to control their distribution. Christ's voice leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. Uh, Christ's guidance leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. This is why it involves personal choice. A guide does not control, but it does direct, leaving the following up to you. Lead us not into temptation means guide us out of our own errors. Take up thy cross and follow me means recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance. 51. Remember, paragraph 51, remember that error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is really vulnerable. You are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit, but the right choice is inevitable if you remember this, 52. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. Hallelujah, baby. What a relief. Thank you. I'm complete. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Hi, it's Mindy. Can you hear me okay? You're a little faint, Mindy. Mindy. All right, let me put myself on speakerphone. Um, thank you, Donna, for bringing um, all those course um, principles back. I actually wanted to address the one that you read yesterday, and I'm wondering what people's thoughts are. I'll share mine first on um, when Christ says, let me you know, direct the miracles, let me choose the miracles. And it's like, Okay, how do I do that? <laughs> um, how do I choose a miracle to begin with um, uh, when I pray for something to have a, a miraculous 
result or a grace or a blessing? Is that me choosing a miracle? So I'm not clear on what that means and how to let him choose a miracle. Um, only thing I got out of it was when I decided to start praying for others or send light to others, I said, okay, Jesus, who do you want me to send white light to, you know, the white divine light? And I was told this person, but not this one, these two, but not this one and this one. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, all right. But it, it says that it would save us exhaustion to let him choose the miracles that are to be performed. So I'm curious as to who has a thought about that. For some reason, I don't know, Sandra, if you're still there, but you're coming to my mind. But whomever would like to share their thoughts on that, I would really appreciate that. This is Donna. You know, here's how I look at miracles. What, what, I didn't put that name on it, but my experience today, those were miracles. The Holy Spirit woke me up at 2.30 to watch that, that uh, funeral mass of that retired pope. Uh, what do I know? I have been going to Catholic Church every day for a year and a half, which is why I wasn't attending this call. And, um, and I'm not Catholic. So, and the Holy Spirit sent me there. And the day that the Holy Spirit was finished with me going there, he lifted me out. I just didn't go back. And yet this morning, <laughs> he sends me back. To me, that's a miracle. The fact that I came shortly after this uh, father's father died, and I was able to express to him my, my care in, uh, in my own language, and that the lady who actually got me into this little prayer class. She was going back to floor. I, and I forget these. I, I, I walked into that church and I said, oh, there's Deborah. I wanted to get the name of that book she, she, let, she gave to me once. And um, then the father, oh, yeah, the, father, the father's father. It was, I just happened to see it in the paper. I never read the newspaper. I went to the library and scanned the library pictures yesterday and found him. And, 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 uh, and, and the scripture, oh, my God. I even told Father Walter, I said, that's my favorite scripture, 100. And, and then I, I, I told him the story about me following the word follow, follow me before I went to Mass this morning. So all of those things, and why do I consider them miracles? Because I didn't decide to do any of those things. I got up and I went, and where I went, oh, there they were, and and. And that was it, just like anybody else who doesn't give, doesn't, anybody else who thinks those things are chance and that, oh, yeah, they're, they're getting to do that. Well, to me, it was like, it was like the Lord was sweeping up all the little things I forgot I was going to do or thought, didn't think about doing. And he said, yeah, you need to do these things. This is part of my work. And I feel like I went into Mass today and swept up swept up the floor and I don't mean that in a negative way I mean in a good way so um and then I come out of the church and I got this little wrangling about the phone my phone so uh all those things uh, that's how I that's how that's what he that's what got me on this last uh take up thy cross and follow me well what's our cross our, our cross is simply all the things we learned wrong by being human beings 
recognize your errors and choose to abandon them and follow my guidance. Follow my guidance. I said, oh, my God, that's what I did. Follow your guidance. So I'm complete. I hope that helps. But anyway, that is good. <laughs> Thanks, Donna. Thank you. Yeah. I got, I got, take up my cross, take up your cross and, and walk with me and uh, take on my burden. I got that as being, take up your cross, the duties, the responsibilities that I have, go ahead and do them, but walk with me and, and I will guide you. And, um, you know, that just goes back to not making a decision about what I think is going to bring what I want in my life, you know, salvation. Um, and so basically, following guidance is letting Christ do That's as simple as I can put it. So, thank you very much. Thank you. This is Charles here. I just want to share my understanding from my experience is as I thank Christ Jesus for all those he brings into my life, all those that come to mind and have to know that my life is guided and if I think that I'm choosing, then I'm an error in my thinking, knowing that Christ is in charge of all lives everywhere. And if I feel that I, I believe within my very, very heart that Christ is at the heart of every human being. It's the light of their soul. And their foots are directed by that light. But they can grow grudgingly or they can grow through his guidance or they can think they're doing it on their own. And one system at misperception of what's really going on. There is only God. There is only love. Yet we believe there's something that's not there. And we suffer from our misunderstanding. So if I suffer for any reason, it's because I believe I'm making my choices on my own. And I thank Christ that he is guiding my thoughts, my feet, my actions. And as I give thanks for him, then I become witness to that. If I think I am the one responsible for what I think and my actions, then I suffer from that. That's my understanding at this present moment. I thought I'd share that as well. Thank you. That was powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to thank Karen for doing the um, review of our lesson today, too, because um, the definition of suffering is that Charles. Um, also, suffering is deciding that things should be different than what they are. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm upset <laughs> when things are different than what I think they should be, and that causes suffering. 
And that means I'm going to my ego and I'm not going Christ mind. Christ mind. I'm always doing what I'm meant to be doing. And and the Christ, once I, I forgive myself for the mistakes I make, you know, counting on my belief of my ego, then I can just open up and say, okay, I must have been mistaken because this doesn't feel too good. I'm, I must have been wrong, so I'm open to not knowing what am I supposed to be doing. And the minute I just open the love and accept that everything is okay and there's nothing I need to do, I'm restored to my right mind, and sometimes I'm just to sit there and share love with my cat, and sometimes it's like, oh, do this. This is a loving thing. I just love that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm feeling better because I'm just going through a process this morning where I wanted to get out early and get something done, and I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still icing my body and taking care of kitties, and, and that's exactly what I meant to do. Because there is nothing I need to do. I am truly the Christ, and the only thing that exists is now, the now moment. And the only thing that is here is love, and to have the opportunity to sit and realize that every morning, that's just, that's the most important thing in the world. So everything else, if it needs to get done, it will. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to be leaving to do a, a... meditation in, in a few minutes. I just want to say thank you all. It's been lovely. Beautiful. Thank you, dear one. Well, dear ones, it's almost 11 um, in the morning. I don't know if you're ending our, our call now, but I have to say goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. I love you all. Bye. Yes, I concur. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Goodbye for now. Well, thank you. Thank you both for being here. That's you're welcome. Here. Thank you. All beautiful souls. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, I do not have a...
a specific closing to this call. I can say thank you. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, John. Thank Charles. Uh, this is not the end of the call, but the end of the recorded portion. <laughs>